You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. We are so powerful to affect change in our lives and also the world around us. But oftentimes, it's not about our capabilities, it's not about our capacity, it's not about our talents. It's about the things that hold us back. It's about the stories that we tell ourselves about what we're capable of. It's about our psychology. And there is no better person in the world to help us to really get inside of our own minds and to change our thinking than our special guest today. Now, this is a very special episode because this is the first time that I'm having my guest, my friend, who I've done so much with over the years here at my new studio. So it's just a wonderful experience to have him here. And we just did an event a couple months ago in Mexico. In Mexico, it was actually my first time in Mexico. And we do an annual event called Phenomenal Life. And so I had the chance to, of course, to spend some time with him, but also just to pour into our community, you know, to be able to impact thinking, to be able to impact lives, to provide practical, applicable tools so that we can do the things and not just the surface level treatment of things, right? Ideas. Ideas are important, but we also need practical application. And so he's really big on that as well. So we're going to talk about some practical things that we can do to help to change our thinking and really tap into our superpowers. And if I know one thing about my guest health-wise, one of the things that he's always doing when he's traveling is he's bringing along his superfood nutrition, his superfood concentrate in the form of the Organifi green juice. A big reason that he utilizes this, and I know this because I taught him about it years ago, is the benefit that it's carrying by having one of the ingredients being chlorella. Chlorella gets its name from being so dense in chlorophyll. In a recent study published in the peer-reviewed journal Appetite found that chlorophyll can assist in weight loss and reduce the urge to eat hyperpalatable foods, right? If you don't know this staggering statistic yet about our consumption of hyperpalatable, ultra-processed foods, let me fill you in. Right now, the average American's diet consists of about 60% ultra-processed foods. So these are foods not minimally processed, not taking a tomato and making tomato sauce, all right? We're not taking olives and just cold processing, pressing them and making olive oil. We're not taking avocados and making guacamole. That's minimal processing. What we're talking about when we're talking about ultra processed foods is we have fields and fields of corn and somehow we end up with a bowl of Lucky Charms, right? There's this huge disconnection from any origin, from any sense of it being anything nutritious, any source of it being a real food. It's lost its essence. There are so many artificial ingredients, colorings, flavorings, preservatives, that this is no longer a real food in the sense of it. It's a food-like product. And that makes up 60% of the average American's diet today. And it's no wonder that we are right now the most chronically diseased nation in the history of humanity. Our rates of obesity right now here in the United States, over 70% of our citizens are either overweight or clinically obese. We have about 130 million of our citizens have type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes at this very moment. About 60% of our citizens have some degree of heart disease. And this is just for starters. That's just scratching the surface. But 
The good news is that there can't be a problem without a solution. And it really is directing us towards what can we do proactively to help turn this thing around. And so it's optimizing, changing what we're making our bodies out of, changing what we're making our hormones out of, because even our hormones are made from the foods that we eat. And so obviously real food is the mandate, real whole foods. And if we're taking things, getting that real health insurance from nutrition, it's not going to be in the form of some synthetic, quote, multivitamin. It's going to be coming from superfood concentrate. So real whole food nutrition concentrated into incredible, again, with Organifi, we've got low temperature processing. We've got real whole food superfoods like chlorella, like spirulina. Spirulina is about 71% protein by weight. It's been used for thousands of years. Chlorella, thousands of years of history versus the synthetic multivitamin that was made in the lab last week, all right? 71% protein by weight. Chlorella is about 50% protein by weight. So it's a protein powerhouse as well, bioavailable amino acids. But again, it has some remarkable effects on our appetite. Also, chlorella contains lutein and zeaxanthin. These are two rare and remarkable carotenoids that are proven to protect our eyes and lower the risk of macular degeneration. Also, a double-blind, placebo-controlled study published in Clinical and Experimental Hypertension found that chlorella was able to normalize blood pressure of test subjects with hypertension. Head over to Organifi.com forward slash model. You get 20% off their incredible green juice formula, and it tastes good. This is the thing. Chlorella, nobody said chlorella's tasty. This is why Organifi creates this incredible formula with chlorella, with spirulina, with ashwagandha, but these incredible flavor notes that are so refreshing and tasty coming from coconut water, coming from a little hint of mint. So they've done things the right way. Super easy to travel with as well. They have the Organifi Go Packs that I throw in my book bag whenever I'm traveling or backpack, depending on your jurisdiction. All right, people have different names for things. Obviously, same thing, shoes or shoes somewhere. They might be sneakers somewhere else. They might be tennis shoes somewhere else. So I don't want people to be like, what's a backpack versus a book bag? All right, it's the same thing, same thing. But when I'm traveling, I bring along my Organifi Green Juice Go Packs. Again, you get 20% off. Go to Organifi.com forward slash model. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model. You get 20% off everything they carry. And on that note, let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Learning Something New Every Day by Miss Wama 2014. I am so grateful for Sean and his podcast. For the last two years, I've made a goal to learn one new thing every day. And Sean is a huge part of that. Between his podcast and his Sleep Smarter book, I learned so much. And thank you for giving us smart information during this crazy pandemic. I'm a fitness professional and I tell everyone about you. Thanks, Sean. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that over on Apple Podcasts. They hit my heart. I really do appreciate it. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Our guest today is the one and only Dr. Eric Thomas. And his words and inspiration have already impacted millions of lives. But ET, as the world knows him by, has led his team through dozens of Fortune 500 companies, organizations such as General Electric, AT&T, Nike, Under Armour, New Balance, and UPS, the list goes on and on. Additionally, he's consulted for major universities, sports teams, such as the MLB, the NBA, the NFL, the University of Michigan, even 
right now, him being here with me in LA, he's going to be speaking with the world championship winning Rams this weekend as well. In addition, he's been a catalyst for so many different championship winning teams. Most people have no idea that he's working with these teams behind the scenes and seeing their rise to again winning championships, winning the NCAA championship. He worked with the team who won last year as well, being brought in as a secret weapon for these different universities. He's also worked with the University of Michigan, North Carolina, and Duke. And also, he's just an incredible human being. He's a devoted father and husband and leader. He has one of the biggest hearts of any human being that I've ever met. So really grateful and excited to jump into this conversation with the one and only Eric Thomas. We have Dr. Eric Thomas here in the building. E.T., my guy. Man, thank you so much for coming to hang out with us. Thanks for having me, man. Flat out, you know. We all know I don't care what kind of voice you have if you don't have a platform. Mm. It's silent. So always appreciate being able to come here. Yeah. 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 Amongst the many invitations, I'm like, ah, I feel comfortable (laughs) here. I don't know if I want to do that over there. Yeah, my God, man. Well, first of all, I got to say congratulations. You just had your 32nd uh, anniversary yeah. with your wife, Dee Dee. Yeah. Yeah, my MJ, yeah. my, 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 my um, um, Magic Johnson. Yeah, yeah. The Magic Johnson year, yeah, yes. Yeah, no question. Man, so awesome, man. And um, a little fun fact, your anniversary is on my birthday, ah, August 23rd. Okay, okay, yeah. I knew it was from what we, you know, I knew it was right there, but I know it was smack dab. Right, That's it, man. It, so it. we got those connections. Yeah, no question. You know? So I, just even on that note, with your relationship with Didi, you know, first of all, it's just, it's remarkable. Yeah. You know, 32 years is yeah. extraordinary, especially yeah. today. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to ask you, how has your relationship with Didi influenced your character and who you are as a man today? You know, we, we were talking this morning in worship and um, we were just saying, Mira, you know, so it was, I don't remember uh, who the gentleman was, but um, he, he was saying to me, like, you think you ever retire? And I was like, absolutely. He was like, nah, you're not going to retire. I was like, I will. He was like, nah, you know, when people like us who are obsessed, we never retire. I said, single people like us Mm. never retire. Mm. People who are married, who have accountability, (laughs) they retire. So, so, you know, so, and Didi was saying, yeah, what happens in life if you are human without a mirror, you know, yes, you are powerful, but you're not getting, you're not sharpened. Yeah. You know, and so my marriage has been like sharpening me. Like Didi will always be like, all right, who's the public ET versus the private ET? You know, and so um, Didi has never been the cheerleader type. She's more like that Phil Jackson that's like, mm-hmm. look, we already know you're good. I'm, I want to make you great. Mm. You know, so she's always poking holes. You know, she's a professional hole poker. You know, but but with DD on one side and C on the other, yeah, I think that's why I've become one of the best to do, you know, what I do in this field because I have two people that are like constantly rubbing up against me, yeah, constantly sharpening me, you know. So um, that's what DD has done, and you know, oddly enough, DD is also she's been that hope, you know. Yeah. Somebody was asking me the other day about um, some magazine was like about homeless, and I was like, you know what? I did homeless with Didi, so it, I never really, you, you know, it was never really bad. Like I always felt like, all right, E, this is um, this is temporary. Like you're gonna you're gonna get out of this abandoned building. Like this is temporary. You're gonna eventually 
be somebody and do something. And you have to, because if you don't, you're going to lose Didi. So she's always been that phenomenal golden carrot that, you know, creator has put over me to go, hey, you're going to lose this if you don't get your stuff together. So after 32 years, I was looking at her this morning. I was like, yo, I'm still attracted to her. Like, I'm, I, I still like being around her. Yeah. And COVID really messed me up because I don't want to be around nobody else. Because I was with her about alone for like almost two years in San Diego. We cooped up in the crib. We're not really going nowhere. And uh, man, it's amazing to still love somebody after 36 years, you know, and then not just love, but want to be with. We still right. building. We still dreaming. You know, um, we bought the house next door to us in Michigan. So we working on that. Uh, we working on the church, renovating. We got the house in California doing the floors all over again. So man, just just working together and whatever. It's just like, I, I could have never, I'm, people ask how you doing? I'm saying beyond the dream. I, I could never imagine that we would have got here together. But I just know by myself, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. So she is my, I don't remember the character in Charlie Brown, but she's my blankie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's yeah, powerful. Yeah, yeah, powerful. No yeah. And of course, like people can pick that up, yeah. you know, if they really know you. And so, listen, you said something really profound there. You said she's a professional hole poker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So people tend to think like yeah. they see a great relationship, they mm -hmm. see a great business, they see success, and they think that, you know, that person's just got it. They yeah. don't really understand the tension yeah. that you have to be able to not just survive, but yeah. to be able to thrive and yeah. operate from and yeah. learn through. Because when she's poking holes, I'm sure yeah. it's not always comfortable. No, you know, ah, I would think after so long, I would be used to it. Uh, but I, I got a call from uh, one of my clients and they were talking about one of the programs they were in. It was like, yo, I'm just discouraged. This person talking to me, you know, disrespecting me. And I was like, I already know what it is. It's one of the coaches. And they're not saying what you want them to say and you're paying. And so you feel like because you're paying, you have the right to tell them how to coach. And I'm like, yo, 1000, I feel you. You know, and I told a person like, I feel you like Didi still to this day. The, how do I say this? While everything she says is truthful, the approach sometimes still aggravates me. It's like, yo, you got to say it like that. You know, <laughs> right, Didi's right. like, look, here's the deal. I don't, I don't want to lose any of the truth worrying about how I'm going to say it. Like, I want to be able to concentrate on, yo, this is the truth. Like, this is where you, so just take the truth. And, and so sometimes we want the truth packaged a certain way, you know? And so for me, I've literally up to this day, hmm, I've had to, I've, I've got to learn to go, man, you know, Didi's heart. Like, you know, Didi don't want nothing but the best for you. You understand when an air traffic control is telling the pilot something is wrong, the air traffic control, he not getting here, she's not getting on the plane. They're not flying. They're not about to crash. Nothing about to happen to them. They're not telling you because they get on the plane and they're gonna have to deal with the, the, the repercussions. They're telling you because they really want you to be safe. Yeah. They really want the plane to fly and get to its destination without any hiccups. And so I have to remember like, yo, Didi's not getting on stage. Didi's not writing a book. Like Didi's not directly impacted by this. She loves me. So yeah, that tension is real, but I have to grow and mature and say, E, what do you want? You want a cheerleader that's going to make you feel good and you're stuck in mediocrity for the rest of your life? Mm. Or do you want a little tension, but 
somebody's going to poke holes and make you better and make you the number one motivational speaker in the world and the life and the lifestyle that go and the legacy that goes with that, bro, all day. Give me feel, bro. Yeah. Give me feel. Triangle offense. Give me feel, bro. Because <laughs> I, I grew up in Detroit and I was a Piston fan and I'll never forget they ran Larry Brown out. You know, they, it was beef. They, they, they was like, yo, they not feeling my man. And then they got, rest in peace, you know, Coach Flip Saunders, who everybody said was a player's coach. You know, like, yo, everybody loved him. And I'm sure they did, and I'm sure that's important. I just know as a fan, we never won another championship. We never went to the finals again. But I know under this person that they didn't particularly care for, we went to back-to-back, you know. Um, it was, uh, you know, uh, at that time, Chauncey Billups, you know, uh, Tayshawn Prince, Hamilton, Rick Hamilton, Wallace. Like that. Wallace, that group, phenomenal group. But when they got the coaches that they really loved and you know, everybody was feeling and they, you know, kumbaya, <laughs> we never made it again. Mm. And so you have to ask yourself sometimes, what do you, do you want to win championships or do you, do you want to be just always happy? And so, bro, I love DD. Uh, we don't have to poke holes every day, all day, because I'm not working every day, all day. But when I'm writing a book or I'm doing a pot, whatever, I'm like, yo, D, I didn't even know you listened. Like, mm. She's like, I don't. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm listening to that. Right. I'm make sure you know you elevate your game. So um, so yeah, man, it's a it is a phenomenally um sometimes tense, you know, um um um, um critique, analyzation, but it's 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 for my good. And D is always since I was 16 and she found me homeless. She has always had my best interest in mm. heart. Right, right, right. That's the anchor. Yeah. You know, that's uh, the anchor in your in yeah, your consciousness yeah, about that. Yeah. Because you just said such a great analogy too. A lot of people want that cheerleader. Yeah. Right. But what if we have a cheerleader? It's really difficult to be a cheerleader for the losing team, by the way. Right. You see, you see the attitude, you see the morale go down when the team starts losing, right? Versus Absolutely. having the cheerleader for the winning team, which right. is gonna challenge Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So man, that's such a great analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Because Really, you know, if you if you really take a step back and that's what, what she does for yeah. you is like that bird's eye view yeah. of things because yeah. we tend to want to see things through our lens ah. and had this tunnel vision. Ah. And it's just like, why don't you get yeah. on the same page with me? Yeah. I used to say that to Anne, like, you're not with me, right? <laughs> why are you not with me? And as we're trying to go, I'm trying to go travel to this particular event and we have you know, just enough money to pay the electric bill in the account. And she's like, we shouldn't be doing this. I'm just like, I'm telling you, it's gonna be amazing, all the things. I'm like, why are you not with me? She's being logical Absolutely. and seeing the yeah. bigger perspective. Yeah. But here's the thing, and I know you know this as well. Once we help to satisfy her, her needs, yeah. her, her psychological needs, yeah. it opens them up. It opens yeah. our partner up to start to be more of yeah. an assistant. Absolutely. And more of a, again, that Phil Jackson Absolutely. role of like yeah. really helping you to take things to another Absolutely. level. Absolutely. And you know, here's a word as you were talking, I just get, um, I just keep hearing with Didi, good judgment, decisive, driven, good decision maker. And I'm like, yo, E, you got to admit why you are, whatever you are, energetic, you know, whatever you are, you're not always the best decision maker. Like you're just, you were homeless at 16. That's not a good, you dropped out of high school. That's not good decision-making. So for me, man, I had to humble myself. And I really had to say, yo, she's just a better decision-maker. She's just a, 
she, 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 her judgment is just better than yours. You know, went to college, finished on time, passed her uh, NCLEC first time. She's just a better decision maker. Credit score, 800, money in the bank. She just makes better. Just let it go. You know, stop trying to get her on your side, which is the losing side. <laughs> you feel me? Like, just be real. You're losing. But when you let Didi take the lead, you winning. Mm. So divorce this idea of you have to have it your way just because it's your way. You know, and I, and I really did have to get to a point. I was like, yo, E, bruh, the, you're like you're in love with, you have a fantasy with it's your way. But if you really sit down mm-hmm. and, and put your way through the test, bruh, you failing. Like you're not making good decisions. She's making good decisions. Just hand it over to her and then let her give you the triangle mm. and tell you how to work the triangle. And then you get out there and you do the triangle. She, because she's not going to come out here and do the triangle. She's not asking to do the triangle. She's just been watching you. And she's like, ah, you did get a couple commercials. You do have some endorsements. You did score 60-something, but you lost to Boston. Mm. And you didn't come here to get endorsements. You said that you wanted to win championships. And so the way you're doing it, um, I'm talking, <laughs> but you're not winning this way. Your credit score is in the 600s. You are in your seventh year at college. You haven't finished yet. You, you, you know, you talk about this speaking career, but I don't see where it's manifesting. And I was like, you know what, E, don't take it personal. Turn it over to her. Let her manage you. And then, boom, and I don't even mean like literally manage me in terms of like my career, just manage me as a partner. Right. You know, so once I let go, bro, and got rid of my ego, uh, it's been it's been smooth sailing since. Powerful, man. You know, again, one of those big tenets for everybody is you said this earlier on. You remembered that she's on your side. Absolutely. She has your best interests at heart. Absolutely. And to put this analogy all together, you're on the same team. We are. But we tend in those moments of tension yeah. to be like, you're not on my team. Yeah. And that's just not the reality a lot yeah. of times. So, yeah. man, this brings us to this phenomenal new book yeah. that you created for Thank all of you. us. As I mentioned, the first time I sat down, I just breezed through the first 50 pages like in an instant, because of course I know a lot of your story mm. just being around you for all these years, but there were pieces, there were certain scenarios, there were certain stories that were fleshed out that I, I didn't want to miss a second mm. of. So it's you owe you. Yeah, yeah. Why, why did you decide to make that the title of the book? Yeah, well, you know, I don't, it's so intimate, like you don't get to talk about everything that has impacted your life. But when people ask me like, yo, E, when did it happen? Like, uh, you know, a lot of people that meet me go, bro, you was homeless. Like literally you were a high school dropout. Like how you, what was the switch? Like, how did you go from that to like, okay, so let's just say you were where you were and you end up getting a job as a whatever at a restaurant. Okay, makes sense. But how you go from that to this? Like, how, and I always say to people, the day I stop saying, man, I would be so further along the road, let's travel, if my mama didn't get pregnant at 17. Like, man, she screwed me up. Like, yo, you a kid having me. Like, you were homeless, ma. Like, you, you grew up with 13 other siblings, grandma in a three-bedroom house, you know, one bathroom. Like, yo, why you bring me into this? My father. Like, where were you, bruh? Like, you just had sex with my mom. Like, why weren't you... Like, yo, y'all brought me into an urban city. Like the, the, the zip code you brought me into. Like you brought me into this terrible reality. You know, like, well, what? And, and, and that kind of mindset 
had me homeless, eating out of trash cans, like just mentally. I know it's we could talk about the health. Like people don't talk about the mental health of being homeless, like like the mental health of having an estranged relationship with the person that birthed you. Like, yo, the abandoned building was tough. You know, the the sleeping in, you know, 10 degree weather, 10 inches of snow. Like, okay, yeah, frostbitten and walking around. Like, yeah, I got a kerosene heater. That's my cologne. I smell like kerosene wherever I go. That's tough. But what's hard, bro, is not talking to your mama. You know, like the person you had your first relationship with. And again, my old dude wasn't in my life. So it was just me and my mom until she got married. So it's like, we had a we had an emotional or chem, like a, a chemistry that was out of this world, you know, and for us not to be talking and to be beefing. Yeah. You're like, yo, I cuss my mom out, bro. I don't even cuss. Like, that's not even my swag, but I cuss my mom out. And I was at the lowest point of anger and hatred and bitterness. And I looked at my life and it was like, yo, E, you gotta be real, bro. Like, you left home. You homeless. You got your life in your head. Look at it. It ain't on your mama no more. It ain't on your biological father. Like you can't blame the teach. Like, bro, you you actually are homeless. Like you got your own life in your hand and you losing. You was doing better at the crib. Like, look at you. You're not taking a shower. You're not brushing your teeth. You stink. Like, bro, look at look at look at who you are and where you go. Bruh. And one and 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 it shift for me is I started reading self-help books and getting around, you know, different people. It's like, yo, E, this your life, bruh. You owe you. Like, you not eight no more. Your mama don't owe you. Like, the, the courts ain't about to go. Oh, you you abandoned him. He's 17, 18. They not about to. Bro, you not two. If you was two, the courts would jump in and be like, mom, what are you doing? You're irresponsible. Take care of your child. You grown, E. Like, you making your own decisions for yourself. And so so it was at the point where I was like, yeah, you, you owe you, bro. Don't nobody else owe you from this point for whatever dreams, goals, whatever life you want to live. And a part of that was DD2 because it was like, it's not fair to go into a relationship where this person is mutually beneficial. And I, I want to go commensalism because, you know, I'll say like I want to kind of make myself feel good. Like, all right, Diddy was killing it. I wasn't helping her, but I wasn't hurting her. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I might have been parasiticism. Like I might have been. I might have been, she got an 800 credit score. I'm mooching off her credit score. Like, I might have been, I ain't really making no bread. She working, she giving me her money. You, you feel me? And I got to a point where it was like, yo, E, I see why her mama hates you. Even though her father didn't rate, like they went in the house together, you know, he was still there to some extent. When I would see him, I could see why he felt like, yo, bruh, like we didn't bring her into this earth and take care of her to, get with her, you know? So at some point I was like, yo, E, you just don't owe you, you owe her. And so you got to get your stuff together. So bruh, for everybody that's listening, th just three quick words that shifted everything. You owe you. Like I stopped looking outside and I started looking in the mirror. Before I was looking outside, like yo ma, yo police officer that arrested me at three o'clock. Why you pulled me over? You feel me? Like, it was all these other people. Why you pull, like, bro, because it's three o'clock in the morning. Y'all 17, 18, driving around at three o'clock. But it was always, the counselor's wrong. The principal's wrong. The teacher that sent me to the principal. The principal that kicked me out of Detroit Public School. Like, y'all all the reason why I'm here. You know, and it was like, yo, E, don't, most of them don't know each other, but they all know you. 
Like you the common denominator, bruh. Like it's on you, bruh. So it was at that point where it's like, you owe you, everything changed. So I did Secrets to Success. I did Greatness is Upon You. I did Average Skill, Phenomenal Will. And what she was like, yo E, the world need a book now, not just your crew. The, whole, the world need a book. What we own? And I was like, yeah, it's gotta be you owe you. It's gotta be, you gotta take full responsibility for your life. Yeah. Especially if you live in this country. Now look, we got a lot of challenges. But I'm going to tell you this. I've been to third world countries where it don't matter what time you wake up. It don't matter how talented and gifted you are. They just don't have the opportunities. So it's like, yo, E, you're in a country, bro, where it's a lot of maybe trials and tribulations that are uniquely, you know, for you. But even that is not an excuse for you not to take advantage of these opportunities that exist, bro. So that was it. It was like, yo, what's the one thing that helped me that I think is common amongst most of us, that's taking ownership. That's the one message that is not black, is not male, is not rich, is not poor, is not socioeconomic. The one message that is gonna hit everybody that I've been through is you gotta take full ownership and full responsibility for your life. That'll get them. Facts, <laughs> facts. That one right there yeah. will relate to a lot. Not all 8 billion people, we're going to get into the billions when we start talking about blaming, playing the blame game and not taking personal responsibility. Yeah. You said it blatantly in the book and I've never seen it just articulated yeah. so blatantly. You said victimhood is a mindset. Yeah. Victimhood is a mindset. mindset. So you articulated that, but then you also gave some practical things that we can yeah. do to start yeah. to deconstruct yeah. that ideal. Yeah. Because when we're so latched on to this, I'm a victim yeah. perspective, which so many of us are. And it's not yeah. to negate the fact that we've been yeah, through no stuff, question. that things have happened yeah, and all no these question. things, and you shared that too. But when we're giving our power away, really, yeah. by pointing fingers and blaming yeah. the world, yeah. we're just, we're putting ourselves in a position where we don't have the power to change, yeah. right? So I wanna talk about some of these steps that you gave. Okay. You said, number one, you have to take ownership of yourself. Yeah. Again, very practical. Yeah. Can you expand upon that a little bit? Yeah, so I'm just saying like, okay, yes. Um, you didn't get good grades. Why? Well, my teacher don't like me. I remember my mom used to be like, yo, you don't got no teacher that like you? <laughs> she was like, yo, what are you doing? Like, don't know, like every teacher's against you. Like, that don't even sound right. But when you're a victim, it's always ba ba ba. And so I had to ask myself, okay, yeah, let's say teachers don't like you. And then, bro, it got real bad when I started like studying history, especially black history. And I'm looking at the Little Rock Nine. Like, yo, you got nine kids going to a predominantly white institution with the National Guards. Like, they got to get escorted every day with the military and dogs. So they're literally going into a school where these teachers don't particularly care for them. You got other grown people outside spitting at them, calling them all kind of stuff. And bro, they managed to go in there and graduate and go to college and do. Yeah. It's like, e, you mean to tell me you ain't go like they got dog, they got police, like they got a real problem. All your teachers is in the urban community like you, they black like you, like what, what? Tell me again what the problem is. Like your teachers aren't against you, like for real. So I was like, yo, e, bro, fess up. You you not studying. You do have a, you do have some type of learning up disability, whatever that is, but not to the point that you can't learn. It just means that you may have to read the book five times when somebody read it one time and they get it. And I used to be like, well, he could read it and get it. Why can't I? It's like, no, if it takes five times, just read it five times. So I had to take responsibility for, you're not going to class. You're not paying attention. 
when you are in class, you're daydreaming, you're not time on task, you're not meeting with the teacher afterwards or before, you're not meeting with other friends that know how to study and asking them what the, bruh, you're giving 50, 60%. What are you expecting? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to give 120, and then if you fail at 120, and Sean, let me tell you something, bruh. I tell students this all the time. Yo, when you go to every class, when you read, when you take every test, when you do every assignment, I don't even care if you fail. A teacher's going to give you, I, I do this in schools. Yeah. I ask teachers to stand and I say, look, I come to every class. I raise my hand. I'm not disrespectful. Tell me what grade I'm going to get. They're like, yo, I was going to be real with you. At least a C plus B minus. At least. Like without even getting hundreds on tests. Yeah. And so for me, it just meant, Eric, what part do you play in your own destruction? Own that. Own that part. Don't put it on your wife, your kids, the country. Bro, I got some stuff I can say about every entity. But I'm telling you, bro, when I start taking full ownership, full responsibility, I literally got control, my control. And I woke up one day, bro, I was like, yo, I can't even believe I'm here. Like, I can't believe I went from that to this. Mm -hmm. But it's all because when you take responsibility, as you said from the book, at that point, you get a power that is lended to you. There's a source, you know what I'm saying? That's like, yo, bro, I got you. I'm back, yo. It's like when I used to be young and I played Miss Pac-Man and I get the banana, the strawberry, you know, the <laughs> pear. You know what I'm saying? You start eating them jokers and you hitting the pop. They running from me. It was like when I took responsibility, everything that once was attacking me is now running from me. Mm. And everything that I once feared, I'm chasing it. I'm going after it now. And it was all the power pill I didn't realize was ownership, was taking responsibility. Come on. Change the whole. Do, 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 do. All right. I already see it. Ease video game. It's coming. It's coming. I love that, man. I love it. I love it. All right. So we got take ownership is number one. Number two, this is like a little bit of a, a pivot, but still in that yeah. same vein. You yeah. said number two, you have to own your decisions. Yeah. yeah. You have to own your decisions. Yeah. So- so I made my mom own hers. You lied to me. The person that I'm most closest to and the person that told me don't lie, you lied about my whole life. And so what I was doing was I was holding my mother responsible for her decisions, mm -hmm. but I wasn't holding myself responsible for my decision. So the reality was, yes, your mother lied about your father, but the way you decided to deal with it you never dealt with that. That that that's the real problem. The real problem wasn't that she lied to you. The real problem was you acted in haste and ran away from the crib, and your pride wouldn't let you humble yourself and come back. So now you're living in an abandoned building, like duh. Or at that time, living on the street first. I didn't do abandoned buildings to like deep into the game. When I started realizing understanding the homeless game, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, you ain't gotta stay outside. You could like barricade yourself in some of these abandoned buildings in Detroit. I was at that time living in Southfield. And so for me, it was like, yo, you made your mom, you held her to the fire, but you didn't hold yourself to the fire like you held your mom to the fire. And a part of this book too is like, yo, why is it so easy to be upset with people when they do you wrong, but you let you off the hook when you do you wrong? Like, why is that okay? Like, why is it okay? Oh, Sean told me uh, he was gonna give me an opportunity, 50 grand, he ain't come through. But then I don't wake up on time and I miss an opportunity and I'm like, oh, bro, you just overslept. What? Like, I should hold me more accountable than you because you live in your life and try to do what you're supposed to do for you. 
I, this is my life. And so I was like, yo, E, if you could start taking ownership of the decisions that you made, why you decided to do that versus go, why didn't I just say, yo, can we go to counseling? Why didn't I say your mom pissed, but can we just sit down and talk about why you did it? Like, what was the purpose of why you did it? Like, I have to take ownership of you acted impulsively about something and you could have went about that a whole different way. And everybody could have worked together to talk about where we are and where we can go from here. But instead, you just cussing folk out, threatening folk, you know, acting stupid. And of course, Sean, when I did it, of course, it was on a Sunday when everybody's outside cutting mm. the grass. The, it's mm. not in the afternoon on a Tuesday where nobody's, you know what I'm saying? I'm doing it. Everybody's outside. Everybody's seeing it. So full drama. My, uh, full drama on display. You know, I should have got an Oscar. You know, but so I just realized, E, you have to start taking ownership of your decisions because that's the real root of the problem. Not, how do I say it? The event I realized wasn't the thing. What is it, ERO? Like it wasn't the event, it was the response. That was, that's more important than the event is what it is, a lot of events. But I didn't respond to the event in the way I should have, so the outcome ended up being homeless. And I was like, yo, E, that ERO boy, you gotta switch that. You cannot control events, but you can control how you respond to events. And if you take ownership, you respond different than when you give the a responsibility away. Yeah, I, I love how you broke down and kind of looked inside your mom's story, Mama T, yep. and really looked at from her perspective and you yep. fleshed that out yep. in, the, in the book itself. Yep. Because again, you had this narrative about her making this decision, yep. but not taking the time, especially in that moment, to actually understand why she did it yep. and all the opportunities she was actually giving oh, you. Come on. You know, and it was really given. special, yeah. <laughs> right, continue yeah. to. Yeah. And even at the last event, I prop, outside of my wife and my kids, I spent more time with her, talking with her. You know, she's such a special human being. Yeah. You yeah. really highlighted her yeah. in a beautiful way in the book yeah. too. Yeah, I had to, man, I, I, I did. Cause I, I didn't even realize you present them to the world before they get to present themselves to the world. And how you do that is critical. And even those who I, would identify maybe as uh, frenemies. <laughs> the, the way I present them in the book is important. Why? Because I get to, I get to go first, you know. And so it's very important for me in the book to make sure that we understand, like, yo, we all got problems, but there's a reason why we come. And man, when I look back at Mom's Dukes, I'm like, yo, I didn't know, I didn't understand some stuff. So Mom's pretty much wrote, you know, um, the, the 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 intro. Like mom pretty much, you know, had to break down where my grandma came from, where my great grandma, you know, because I don't necessarily, I didn't know them like that. And I didn't know my grandmother's story because grandma, so it's funny, we call her Lama, but, you know, it's, it's slang for Lil Ma, you know, Lil Mama. So it's like Lama, it just rolls through. I didn't even know that. I was like, oh, I never knew that was her. So my grandmother didn't talk a lot. Like she didn't share with us her past or whatever. So this was the first time I realized that my grandmother's, mother died giving birth to her. So now it makes sense why my grandmother wasn't what she probably would have been had she been raised by her mom and got the things that a mother daughter, you know, that chemistry and what. So grandma was more like grandpa, you know what I'm saying? Grandma was way more protective, you know, made sure we had everything, but the nurturing part, 
you know, wasn't. And so when I looked at my grandma, like, oh, in our history, like sharecroppers coming up to um, Detroit looking for a job, Chicago looking for a job, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation, like, yo, this stuff is real. And, and I'm looking now how my people were affected by it. So y'all coming up north thinking that it's this, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's this heaven up here. And, you know, it's, it's got its own issues being in an urban community, living in the projects, Robert Taylor in Chicago, uh, Herman Gardens in Detroit. So like we really were a part of that good times. Like that was our life with our grandmother. And so now I got a whole nother level of respect for my mom because I'm like, yo, this would you? Like this the this the mud you came from, and as a result of that mud, this is what you prepared me for, and you allowed me to become number one in the world because of what you did early on. You know where yeah, Didi phenomenal, and you know I give Didi all her, but it's like yo, Moms was the one that started that. We're not gonna be that. Each generation is gonna get better. So um, yeah, man, it just felt good to write in a way where I could, and I called my moms like, hey. I'm about to loop you. What you do with the alley-oop, that's up to you, but I'm about to loop you and introduce the world to you and your genius in the way that you deserve that. And then hopefully, like I said, um, you know, she'll take advantage. I had to tell her the Colonel came out with his recipe when, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't 30, so Ma still yeah. got a chance to take this part of it, you know, and blow it up. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, she's got the game. Yeah, she, she does, does. man. Yeah. So. Again, victim victimhood is a mentality. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got those first two pieces. The third piece that you gave was to set a standard. Yeah. So that's that yeah. other. That's the other part of the recipe for breaking yeah. out of that mental prison that we put ourselves in. Yeah. So so for me, what I realized was, you were able to respond to your parents in the news the way you did because you didn't have a set of standards. So when you don't have standards, you just act any kind of way. When you have a set of standards. The standards also become an anchor, you know? So for me, it's like one of my non-negotiables coming up because my uncles were all, um, let's just say they made very bad decisions being intoxicated that landed them in prison. And then I had aunts who also, uh, let's just say, didn't have a healthy relationship, you know, with alcohol. It, it, it wasn't recreational, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's just say that. It wasn't recreational. Uh, my own father, you know, had his battle with whatever drug of his choice for years. And then my uncle died of cirrhosis of the liver. So one of the things I decided at a very young age with that information, Sean, was I'm never going to drink or smoke. You know, so some people be like, bro, ain't nothing wrong with drinking. I'm like, maybe in your family it's not. Uh, maybe y'all can do it responsibly. But I just don't see a history yeah. of respons being responsible with alcohol and drugs. So I'm good on that. And so that was a standard. So because that was one of the standards that I got just growing up in the, in the home, I didn't have really a lot of personal standards. When I was with my boys that was doing stuff they shouldn't do, I was always sober. So I was always able to get out of certain mm. things mm. because I was always sober. I didn't have a child, you know, out of, I was sober. You know what I'm saying? That was another thing because of what happened to me. I didn't want, I was a virgin. Like I didn't want to have sex because I saw it as, man, y'all had sex and y'all left me out here. You know, like I wasn't in a marriage. I wasn't in a, um, what do you call it? A nursery. We're we, we going to pick the name together. We're going to have a, a baby shower and we're going to go to the church and bless you. Like, I didn't have that. So I was like, yo, I'm good on sex. I'm good on, you know, um, alcohol and, you know, substance. And so 
but I didn't have my own personal other stuff that made me go honor thy mother and thy father. You know, like we didn't grow up in church, so I wasn't, I ain't see no honor thy mother and father. Like I don't know nothing about that. So I'm disrespecting them. But maybe had I had a principle or some standards, I would have been like, it doesn't matter how angry you are. Honor your mother and father. Mm. This is your mom, it's your dad. Don't disrespect them. And so as I got older, I started realizing like, yo, bruh, standards aren't meant to hurt you. You know, cats who like, I want to be free. Well, if you're real free, you have boundaries. Mm. Like there is no real wow. freedom without yeah. boundaries. <laughs> like you, like you're not free, free unless you got a bunch of boundaries that's protecting your home or protecting your stuff. And so I realized, okay, E, you need to start creating standards. So when the demon Eric Thomas, when the dark Eric Thomas rises, those standards could say like, yo, bro, you, you doing us harm. And you don't get to do us harm just because you're us. Like you, you don't, because you're me, you don't, you don't get to destroy us. You don't get to make decisions that's going to tear everything down that we built up. I'm going to hold you in check just like I will hold somebody else in check. So that's what those standards did. They actually provided me with emotional, mental, physical health. You know, I, I, I was a vegetarian, you know, for a long time. And I think it was important because when I was eating meat, it was just meat and starch. So, so being a vegetarian was the, was the start of me introducing my body to vegetables. Because when you're homeless, bro, it's like you don't have the best diet. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like they don't have grocery stores, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> homeless folk, you know. Yeah. But those standards started to protect me. And the crazy part also, you know, Sean, those values started to uh, allow me to attract myself to other people. You know, because there's some people that are like, hey, you could make a million, two million with my man. I'm like, ah, I don't know if our values and beliefs align. Like, I got to bring my wife around him. I got to bring my kid. I don't know if I'm, you know. So I also realize you get rid of a lot of garbage when you have standards. Yeah. You know, so for me, standards were the thing that I think allowed me to get a victim's mentality, a victor's mentality, and keep that victor's mentality. CJ, would, they'd be upset with me because, you know, we went to Michigan State. Uh, and Michigan says this, but it's true. Hail to the victor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not supposed to say that because that's <laughs> Michigan. But the truth is, hail to the victor, not yeah. the victim. You know? And so once I got standards, man, from that day forward, I just, yeah, I just took off. Yeah, yeah. Man, so powerful. Got a quick break coming up. We'll be right back. Few people know that regularly drinking coffee has been shown to help prevent cognitive decline and reduce the risk of developing Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. This attribute referenced in the journal Practical Neurology is yet another reason why intelligent coffee consumption makes the list of best neuronutritious beverages. Another study featured in the journal Psychopharmacology uncovered that drinking coffee has some remarkable benefits on mental performance. The researchers found that intelligent coffee intake leads to improvements in alertness, improved reaction times, and enhanced performance on cognitive vigilance tasks and tasks that involve deep concentration. Now, why am I stressing intelligent coffee intake? This means acknowledging the true U-shaped curve of benefits and not going ham on caffeine. The data clearly shows that some coffee, a cup or two a day, and the accompanying caffeine is a great adjunct for improved mental performance. But going too far 
starts to lead to diminishing returns. So we wanna make sure that we're getting an optimal intake of coffee. And again, not going overboard. But also, coffee is best when it's not coming along with pesticides, herbicides, rodenticides, fungicides. These chemical elements are clinically proven to destroy our microbiome terrain. So destroying the very microbiome that helps to regulate our metabolism, regulate our immune system, the list goes on and on. Obviously, we wanna make sure that those things are not coming along with the high quality coffee that we're trying to get these benefits from. And also, what if we can up-level the longevity and neurological benefits of the coffee by combining it with another clinically proven nutrient source? Well, that's what I do every day when I have the organic coffee combined with the dual extracted medicinal mushrooms from Four Sigmatic. And if we're talking about optimal cognitive performance and the health of our brain, the protection of our brain, there are a few nutrient sources like lion's mane medicinal mushroom that pack these kind of benefits. Researchers at the University of Malaya found that lion's mane has neuroprotective effects, literally being able to help to defend the brain against even traumatic brain injuries. It just makes the brain more healthy and robust. So again, this combination of medicinal mushrooms plus organic high quality coffee is a match made in nutrient heaven. Go to foursigmatic.com forward slash model. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash model to get 10% off their incredible mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and mushroom coffees. Again, that's foursigmatic.com forward slash model. And now back to the show. So this is something I haven't thought about ever in knowing you and knowing your story, the fact that you were, you were maintaining a standard even when you were homeless, yeah. you know, because oftentimes there's this connection that we see with somebody being homeless to drug abuse, yeah. alcohol yeah. abuse, and you already had the standard. I'm not participating in those things. Yeah. You had the audacity right. to be yeah. this great human being in this one facet where you're adhering to your standard, especially with so much darkness around you, so much anguish where you could turn to those things like you've seen in the environment that outlet and you just decided no that's not that's not who i am yeah and so to talk about the power of standards is so remarkable it's like a you just said it because freedom is not free yeah. so it's creating these boundaries for you to operate in and to have all the freedom within yeah. that yeah. right versus this thing if you don't have a standard just intercepting your yeah. life constantly yeah. you know so i could definitely identify with that and seeing that in the environment around me I'm really the only person in my family who chose to not participate right. in those very same things. Yeah. And I always wonder, like, because I would see my, my siblings, I would see my cousins just like, don't you guys see what's happening? Like, we're not going to be that, right? <laughs> right? Right? So in my mind, it's just like, we, we, yeah. we got the message. Right. But no, it's, yeah. it takes, you have to set the standard because even if you play with a thing, right? So this brings us to the fourth portion here in this recipe. This one's this is a big one. E. No excuses. Yeah. No excuses. Yeah. I so love excuses. They like dessert to me. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> I love. I absolutely love. You know excuses. But honestly, excuses are again not a human. You need to take responsibility. But now you're giving it. Oh, you're giving your power away to a circumstance or situation. 
You feel me? And so people say to me all the time, like, yo, bro, you know, you should be talking about boom, 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 boom. You know, you got a platform. You know, you out here. Why you not addressing? And I'm like, yo, I'm not addressing it. I'm not addressing it first in the way you want me to address it because I'm addressing it. I'm not addressing the way you want me to. I'm not addressing it, on, on, you know, uh, on, on a podcast, but I'm out in the trenches for real, for real addressing it. But what I will not do is I will not give the power that our young people have to any circumstance or situation. Because if there's a circumstance or situation that a human created, you have the power to overcome that because it was a human that created it. So anything a human does, as a human, you have a, you could counterattack the attack. So for me, the excuse is giving you an out from making your dreams and goals become a reality. And we can't do that. Like it, we're in a no-fly zone. You know what I'm saying? It's a no-fly zone. It's a no-excuse zone. Like we cannot make excuses. Why? Because excuses create opportunities for us not to make it happen. So when people say racism, bruh, bruh, that's it. That, okay, you call that an excuse? You can call it whatever you want to call it. It's not going to stop me and Diddy from living the lifestyle. We spoke. It's not going to stop me from PJing, first class in it. It's not going to stop me from Dubai, whatever. I don't care what my man think about the color of my skin. That's his problem. That don't have nothing to do with me and my family and my dreams and my goals. You're not about to stop me. I don't care what legislation you put together. I don't care what you think about me, what you say about me. It does not matter. Why? Because that has nothing to do with this temporary experience called life that I only get so many years and I want to live it to the fullest. You, 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 that, this, that is not going to stop me from Didi, where you want to live, what you want to drive, what you want to eat. Oh, if, well, food is expensive in California. I could care less how expensive it is. Didi, what you want to eat? How often do you want to eat it? What color do you want? Do you want it room temperature hot? Like, well, yo, we got a temporary experience. I'm not about to, okay, now if we live to be 2000, maybe I could, I got a hundred years of excuses. Bro, I might not even make it to a hundred. And if I do, I guarantee you it won't be with the same independence. You feel me? So if I'm a hundred, I'm not going to be able to run, you know, the, the 50 and the four, and the four two. I might still be able to run, but it's not going to look like how I was running when I was 21. So, so for me, excuses are the more complicated things that are meant to stop you from living the life you want to live. And so, no, I can't. We can't do excuses. We can only do execution mm. because execution guarantees. Uh, CP3 hit me up and was like, E, bro, the, the speech you gave those kids yesterday, I just want to thank you again. So that execution makes the relationship mutual, which, which extends the relationship. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. That joke will make that mutual. So we're about to extend this boy. So, so we're going to extend the, the mutualism. Like, I was like, LC, I ain't trying to be funny, but you know I take kids to the Super Bowl. He's like, I know. He was like, ah, it's in Phoenix this year. I was like, 1,000%. So because you there, Deb there, I want to enrich the experience these kids have. He's like, let's go. But had I had an excuse for why I didn't do good, at the event, he brought me to speak. A uh, dude walked up to me. He's like, bruh, I'm 51 years old. I worked for ESPN for 21 years. He was like, I just want to give you context. I'm not some random dude off the street. I've never heard a presentation like that ever in my life. And I know you were talking to these kids, but as a 51-year-old, I took notes. Bruh, that's execution. Yeah. So when you execute like that, I was like, oh, does that mean the pub that CP3 gave me for my book 
on your camera with your audio. Does that mean I'm going to get it a little earlier now? Nah. He's like, I got okay. you. I was like, thank you. Let's so go. execution begets execution. Excuses are a result of missed opportunities. And the one thing that we are not, we're not gods. So we don't know how many opportunities we have. So for me, it's like excuses are glorified distractions to making my dreams and goals become a reality. Mm, come on, come on. CP3, Chris Paul, he wrote the forward yeah. for your book yeah, my God. as well. Everybody yeah. make sure it's out right now. Make yeah. sure you pick up a copy. Please. You OU. Please. Very, very special book. Pretty please. <laughs> Which camera is that? Please. <laughs> Pretty please. Listen, so much that you've given to all of us, man, to the world. And you know this. There's so many people. You never know who's listening. You never know whose heart you touch. And so this is just our opportunity to pour back into you and thank to support you. this project. Yeah, so it's already done. Yeah, thank you. you know, something thank else. So we've got this framework here to break out of that victim mentality that truly it's, it's something that puts us in a straitjacket. Yeah, yeah. You know, it inhibits us yeah. from creating a life that yeah. is possible for us. Doing that, doing that por portion is critical. And now we get to that part where even in that moment, even when you were experiencing homelessness and you still carried your standard. You yeah. still carried these character traits that led to the person you are today. Yeah. So, and you talk about this in the book by articulating, because somebody might even hear this, okay, I'm not gonna be a victim anymore. I'm gonna take control of my life. But what do I do with my life? I don't, I'm not you, I'm not Eric Thomas. I don't have this talent. And you talk about activating or accessing yeah, our superpower. superpower. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah, so I believe that every human is brought into the world with a gift or gifts, whether that's um, you are supportive of other people, you know, and they can't get to where they need to get to without the type of support you provide for them. Whether you are a leader and you have the ability to help people move from one point to the next. And I, and I say that because people say, I'm a leader. I said, listen to me, if you're a pilot, you're not getting in the plane to fly yourself. Right. Uh, you're getting in a plane to fly somebody else to their destination. So a real leader is a person that helps other people get from point A to point B. If you're like me, like, yo, you just provide fuel and energy and inspiration to the world. Or if you're like one of your many tra uh, traits, you're strategic. You know, like you have the ability to be analytical and think things through and make connections, right? Those are all gifts. So I think what we do, Sometimes, and I told my daughter this, I couldn't believe my daughter was going through this. Jada is such a strong human, you know, but she had come to me right after graduating with her masters was like, dad, I feel a little bit behind. I said, behind? Behind what? And I said, no, 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 not what, I'm sorry. Behind who? You've been on the internet again, haven't you? <laughs> You've been scrolling through the internet, haven't you? And you've looked at this person's internet, paying this person's profile, this pro. I said, you're 24 with a master's degree. Behind who? I said, I don't know what, I don't know the world's population with a mass, like with an advanced degree. That's a small number, you know, and you went to Michigan State and, and you were exposed to all the things at Michigan State. And you traveled the world and, and you speak and you, I'm like, yo, I don't get it. You know? And so the thing I would say is that everybody has something, but sometimes you don't know that you have it because you're looking at your sister and what she has or your brother or what she had. But I want you to go back to the time where people were like, can I count on you to do this? 
when you were in school? And can you do that? Or can you do that? Or your friends love you for this. Like that's a gift. And that gift can turn into purpose. Now, get, let's leave the money alone. Cause people are like money, man. I just, um, I, I was just in Milwaukee and you know, folks was like, I'm sorry, Minnesota. People were like, yo, can you talk to this kid? And can you talk to this kid? I'll do a CP3 thing. And the kid was like, yo, bro, I'm not trying to be funny. I know you big time, but yo, I watch your videos. Can we talk? I'm like, let's go. Bruh, I, I, I go to bed at night, not to make a bunch of money. I go to bed at night hearing people say, yo, you helped me get through cancer. Like I had 28 chemotherapy treatments I had to go through and I put your stuff in my ear. Yo, bro, I lost 300 pounds listening to your stuff. You know, sometimes people say stuff like, you know, man, I made $12 million last year listening to you. All the stuff they say, I was like, yo, which video is it exactly? Can you shoot me that video, please? Let like, me listen back. I need back. to listen back, bro. I need to, what part exactly? You know, and so it is the purpose of what I do that that is the thing. And so I think so many people caught up on money and uh, uh, status and fame and whatever fortune that you get. You don't understand that what makes us go to sleep at night and feel good about ourselves is, is the value we add in other people's lives, the value we add in our own. So for me, when I spoke for the first time and realized, yo, they liked it. Oh, I think they like it. I was like, ooh, I actually have something that I can contribute. Like, you, you know, when I was a kid, I'm sure maybe, you know, you as well, when you go to your aunts or your grandmas and they make this Thanksgiving stuff, it's like, I go in like, yo, this stuff is great, but I don't really have nothing to bring. But I remember getting older and going to college and then coming with my family and no, I ain't my grandma and I couldn't cook like my grandma, but you know, I, I brought it, I went to the store and got water. I got the juice and I brought it and I'm coming in the house now. Yeah. Like, yo, I'm not this, I'm not the one that's just coming to eat no more. Yeah. Like, yo, I got a little money. I got a wife. I got my grandson and my grandma loves to see more than she loves to cook. My baby's here. And I'm like, yo, I'm bringing something. And then, Sean, I really got big time, and I learned to do the turkey so well that everybody want my turkey every year, and what a joy it is. You know what I'm saying? Coming in that joke, like, hold up, y'all, I got to go in the kitchen first. Grandma, ain't go to turkey. And so it wasn't eating that I enjoyed anymore. It wasn't being a child. It was contributing to the world. Mm. And so here was a little church with 50 or 60 people who absolutely loved hearing me present then I went to Oakwood and here are a couple hundred kids that love me to. And so you're looking at now the millions that follow me. But bro, I felt the same way the first speech I ever did. And it was like, yo, this is what I'm bringing to the table from now on. Yeah. You feel me? And so I'm telling you, for those of you listening, you want to be happy. You want to experience joy. Start bringing something to the table. Yeah. Whatever that might be for your family, for the school, for your community, for the church. You start using your gift and helping the people that's in your space, man, it's the greatest feeling in the world. Feeling wanted and needed, feeling a sense of belonging, man, it's the greatest gift in the world. Yeah, yeah, man. You give so many practical ways to access that superpower. Uh, I remember CJ saying that, you know, one of those ways to find your gift is to ask yourself, what comes easy yeah. to you that's difficult for other Absolutely. people, right? What comes easy? Because a lot of times our gift, we we negate it because it's easy for us yeah. it's natural to yeah. us and you know especially today when there's so much distraction another big part of this equation like you just said jade is getting a scroll in on social media we get distracted it's another not just a voice but thousands of other voices and so we don't have that that still time that quiet time to really look within to ask these questions right 
homeless is what I remember that's all homeless was for me was alone listening to my voice or I shouldn't say listening but figuring out what my voice was you know versus my boy saying yo let's go over here and do that and I was like that's not my voice ain't saying let's go do that and then being courageous enough to go yo my voice ain't saying do that so we not about to go do that and even when it got to a point where there was someone who was very influential in the group and who had looked out for me in a way the group had looked out for me that almost made me feel guilty to do it. But I had to call on a higher power and pray and say, yo, God, I don't want to do that. And I don't feel. And he was like, no, nah, the power is in you. Say no. You can say no and be OK. Like nobody, they love you. Like you think that you can't say no. There's something in you. So that was there was this voice telling me your voice is deeper than what you think your voice is. You rely on you. Like, like, don't rely on me. Meaning, you know, some people are like, oh, well, I'm a believer. I believe you should rely on God. No, what I was hearing the creator say was, I already created you with a voice. You gotta start listening to your voice and being obedient to your voice. So I was like, nah, I'm not gonna do it. I'm still here today. And I said, no, and that crew calls me, you know, periodically, like, we proud of you, bro, we see what you're doing, you're an inspiration to us. So I think being homeless is not as bad as I thought it was because it gave me an opportunity to hear my voice more than the other voices. And when you listen to your voice, man, you're going to be successful. When you listen to somebody else's voice tell you to do some stuff, right, 50-50, man, probably not even 50-50 chance that that stuff is going to be successful. Yeah, yeah. It's... I can't stress this enough, it's, but it's also one of the most challenging things today, e, you know, to, to be able to look within, mm. to have that time for introspection yeah. is so important. Yeah. And we evolved with it for centuries upon yeah. centuries, thousands upon thousands yeah. of years. And there was no choice but to have that time with yourself, right? To be able to listen to your own internal voice. Today, we are inundated. We are bombarded 24-7. Yeah with other voices and yeah. perspectives. And so to unplug from that just a little bit, you know, just a little bit, but what's gonna tend to happen is it's gonna be uncomfortable yeah. if you're not used to it. Yeah. You know, those yeah. feelings, those things we stuff down yeah. can start to fester up and emerge, Absolutely. but it's there for us to address it. Yeah. You know, I know you and the guys were recently just even talking about the GPS yeah. story yeah. on your show, on the yeah. podcast. Make sure to check out Secrets <laughs> to Success podcast, <laughs> by the way. But you know, you were, you you. You guys also touched on, just very briefly, but I thought it was so powerful, the understanding that anxiety is not all bad. Like yeah. We just have this negative label for yeah. the thing. Yeah. But we actually had on a neuroscientist sitting right in that chair, right where you are right wow. now, and Dr. Wendy Suzuki. And the title of her book is called Good Anxiety, all right? And she was talking about this important biological feedback that anxiety can give us. Yeah, I heard it. But developing yeah. the tools to yeah. be able to understand what this anxiety is trying to tell yeah. me and to operate in a healthful way versus we have a culture where we'll take something to suppress it, yeah. we'll do something to suppress yeah. it, we'll ignore it, yeah. entertainment, whatever. Yeah. And eventually, though, that thing's going to cause some dysfunction, whether it's your body or your mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and like she said, it, 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 it produces what it produces. You know, if you let it, if you don't suppress it, it's, it's actually gonna take you to another level. Yeah. yeah. And I welcome it now. I don't, I don't stress about it. I don't, I welcome it. I say this anxiety is here to help me grow 
to take me to another level. So whatever you're here to do, you know, whatever, whatever, however you're here to help me grow, I want to sit down and enjoy this relationship in a way that I couldn't 10, 15 years ago. Mm, yes. Listen, our bodies and our minds are intelligent. Yeah. And you are not broken. Yeah. It's just being able to better associate with yourself yeah. is, is the key. So this brings us to, this is probably my favorite quote in the book. Okay. It says, you can change environments, but until you change yourself, yeah. nothing will ever yeah. change. Yeah. Man, I just had friends that, you know, were substance abusers. I'll never forget. It don't, it don't matter what city I brought them to, bruh, they would find it. I'm like, yo, how you, how you find that? How you find that here? Who, who do you know that? You don't even know nobody here. How did you find, who did you, how did you? And it just showed me, it's like, yo, it's not the environment. The environment follows the human. The environment follows the human. It's not like, yo, I'm in this environment, but when I leave and I go to Kansas, that's gonna be a, no, it's not. Whatever environment you were in, in that city, you're gonna take that, you're gonna go to the next city and the cues and the clues and the rules are gonna be like, hey, here we go. You're looking for this, here it go. We're looking for that, here it go. And so for me, bro, when I travel, everybody was like, yo, how you know all these good people? Mm. Like, how, how you know people that you can leave your wallet, your wife, your kid? Like, how do, you, how do you know so many good human beings? Like, how are you with people that are not manipulative? Like, man, why, why you got friends that's constantly, like, pubbing you up and pubbing? Like, why aren't they envious or jealous? Like, why do y'all support each other in a way? Like, how do you get that many friends that's so supportive? It's like, yo, when you become supportive, you, you attract the supportive. When you, be, when, you become, when you become a person of standards and integrity, you attract the person. When you like, it's like, yo, all y'all married, all y'all, y'all not all happy. Y'all not all, all y'all kids that come on. It's not, I'm like, bro, it, it, when you become it, the environment supports what you become. It brings the right energy and the right people and the right human resources and physical resources and, you know, uh, 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 material resources. Like the universe is like, yo, this is who you are. So we're we going to set, we're going to set you up for great. You know, Didi's you know, eating a certain way. And it's like, yo, we, we, um, um, stayed at the, J the uh, no pub to the JW Marriott, but we stayed there, um, downtown and, you know, Didi's doing this certain diet, bro. Yard house is right there and they got everything. And I'm like, yo, we going together. And I got the quinoa. They got it. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they got the kale. They got the salmon that I want. You know what I'm saying? Well done. It's phenomenal. It's 400 feet from the, it's like, yo, I didn't even know it, but I didn't even choose the hotel. But everything just when when the when they know I want kale in my system, I want the can like I don't want to do the cars, but I still want a nice, healthy meal. I'm on the road. It's right, it's right there. Yeah. You know, and so Didi wanted the um whatever kind of protein she I don't know what it was she wanted, but they had it. Mm. And it was she liked it, was tasty. You know, so for me, it's like, bruh, when you are. The uh, environment supports, you know, who you are. But for so long, I thought if I would just get out of my parents' house, my life would be better. I was homeless. You're taking you with you. I went with me. I was, <laughs> I was with me everywhere. I, went. I couldn't get away from me. <laughs> you know? And that's why I said, with a real Eric Thomas, please stand up. And I knew it was another Eric in there. And I wanted him to emerge and lead us 
and not the trifling, as my grandmother would say, um, the irresponsible, the, the, the victim dude. I didn't want him leading us no more. I wanted the victor to lead us. And he finally emerged and my environment changed and everything changed once, once he emerged. Like you said, I don't think that there's something that's gonna miraculously happen to you. I think that person is inside of you. Like you said, you just haven't connected the mind, the body, the soul. Like you haven't gotten on one of the cores in alignment with everybody to bring that, that best person out. But I do believe for all of us, you know, that person is inside of all of us waiting desperately to come out. Pick me. Yeah. Let me get me in the game. Yeah. Let me in, coach. I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready to take us to the championship. You know? Yes, sir. You owe you. Yeah, you do. Available you do. at bookstores everywhere right yeah. now. Yeah. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, your local bookstores. Support them. Support this incredible human being, Dr. <laughs> Eric Thomas. <laughs> Man, E, I appreciate you so likewise, much. It's such bro. a blessing to have likewise. you in this space. Yeah, and, uh Yeah, I'm just, man, I'm excited to see what you do yeah. next, man. Yeah, and I'm excited for us to keep doing stuff uh, together. You know, uh, I got some stuff brewing um, that I'm, I'm not able to share yet, but uh, I got some stuff brewing and I'm going to need a team to help me uh, to do it. And what I so appreciate about our squad is that we're all different, but we're all beast, you know, and you can't check us up. You can't check all of us at one time. Facts, facts, you know facts. Somebody gonna be Somebody's open. gonna break through. Somebody gonna be yeah. open. And so, man, it's just a blessing, man. The conferences to see, you know, wifey and the kids, and then my son, my daughter is there. You know, it's just a, it's a blessing, man. Uh, um, it's just a blessing, man, that we've created something. You know, and even when we leave this place, our footprint, you know, is still gonna be on this earth, and yeah. that, it's a blessing. It's just a run with people. I hit Inky. Um, yesterday and I was like, wow, Inky was got in the space and then we just took off. There's a lot of people that come around us, yeah. but we don't necessarily stick and stay. And so when you look at the people that stick and stay, it just tells you so much about who you are, you know, and what kind of future you got. So man, appreciate you. The platform is always I think what, three, four times. I mean, I'm a regular. <laughs> Thanks. And I see some of the uh Brilliant people on the yeah. show. I'm like, yo, I don't know how I get to keep getting on that, but hey. some of the minds and 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 um, just the intellect uh, and the research that these individuals have done is just like, wow, Sean is um, exposing everybody, but there are people that in our circle that are being exposed to the type of information that it had not been for you. You know, our podcast is not like that. So they're getting exposed to some stuff that's going to help them mentally. It's going to help them physically going to help them emotionally and we know man for real mental health is so critical so we thank you for what you do for us and what you do for the world and yeah let's let's keep knocking them down one day at a time absolutely yeah. it's done yeah. it's done yeah. et love you appreciate you love you as pick well. up you owe you right now my guy dr eric thomas everybody that's et to you let's go <laughs> boom thank you so much for tuning into the show today this is one to share up with your friends and family Send it directly to the people that you care about through the podcast app that you're listening on. Of course, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me and tag ET on Instagram and share it up that way as well. Really does mean a lot. This is an important book, an important message, and I appreciate you so very much. We've got some epic shows and powerful masterclasses coming your way very, very soon. So make sure to stay tuned. Take care. Have an amazing day. I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. 
That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.